Hey everybody. Hi there, welcome back to Planet and God. We're on chapter 14. Yep, for our gospel reading challenge through the month of December, 14 days in. So we're halfway through now. Yes, we are. That's Congratulations. amazing. Yay, you made it halfway through. Hopefully you're keeping up with us. Uh, if not, you can always go back and watch the old videos. That's the great thing about the internet. Everything's still available. Yeah, so let's let's dive in. Let's dive in, chapter 14. All right. So this beginning part, uh, I have like, I separated, like I did verses 1 through 12. And I really don't like this story. <laughs> no, this is a sad story for John the Baptist. Yeah, so I'm going to let you... Okay. Well, so, <laughs> I mean, I I wanted to point out that, all right, so Herod the Tetrarch here is the main antagonist for this section. He is the son of Herod the Great, also known as Herod Antipas. If you go through, like, the historical um, stuff, history of it, um, we see here in this section that Herod's conscience conscience was effectively coming back to get him. Uh, what what happens here is you see that Herod hears of the fame of Jesus, and then his conscience kind of kicks in and goes, oh, this is John the Baptist. He's been raised from the dead. And then we go to like a, a history, a, a historical alliteration, if you will. Matthew now tells the story of John's death. And you see in verse 9 how he was sorrowful to do this, to kill John, right? So Herod didn't really want to do it, and because he did, he feared that John was raised from the dead. And this, um, this stems from a blend of pagan theology and superstition, which is based on the idea of spirits that can return from the dead. And that's something that even people think of today, that spirits can return from the dead. Well, it says, right, he has risen from the dead, and therefore these powers are at work in him. Right. So... So because that's the pagan theology and superstition, because he's been raised from the dead again, now he has these powers to do things. Um, and then we get into the literary flashback. That's the words that I was looking for there. The literary flashback where Matthew recounts the narrative of John's death and how um, how all that went to uh, account because of his niece dancing lewdly in front of him and him giving her anything that she asked for. I, I find, too, that, like, it's such an evil thing to ask for. It is. And, like... But, you know... It, it, how much evil they had in their heart about well, all yeah. that. You know what I mean? Like, it because just... Because John criticized their relationship. Right? Oh, that's what all of this stems from. John no, criticized the relationship and said that it was not lawful for Herod to have his brother's wife. And because of that, she now requests his head on a platter. Yeah. Again, I really don't like this yeah, I know. story. I know. So let's get into a happier story. Um, verses 13 through 21, Jesus feeding the 5,000. Um, what's an interesting takeaway is this is the only miracle that's found in all four gospel accounts. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all recount this event. Oh, that's cool. Yes. I thought that was a cool takeaway. 
Uh, the other, the big takeaway here is you see Jesus having compassion on people, and in his compassion, he heals them, he heals the sick, he cares for their spiritual needs, and he also cares for their their physical needs. I also think that he has so much patience in this too. He does. Um, which I lack. (laughs) (laughs) I know. But you can see his patience within, it's not stated there, but like you can see it. Like he, because at the beginning, part of that, he went to a deserted place by himself, um, but then the multitude followed him. So he was trying to get some time with the father. Yeah. And it wasn't really working out very well. I I get that as mom. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, I thought that was, I saw like his love and his patience for the people right. also. And that's, that Jesus is doing this and he'll, he'll do another mass feeding later. And the point of both of those is he's trying to train the disciples and instruct them that he can provide all of their needs, spiritually and physically. He's, if he's able to provide for the 5,000 here, the 4,000 later, he can provide for them. And that's, you know, again, back to to what had happened in chapter 12 and 13. Jesus was rejected. Now he's switched from offering the kingdom to instructing the disciples. Yeah. Um, So that was the feeding of the 5,000. Yep. And then we get into uh, 22 through 33 with Jesus walking on water. Um, this happens to be a very key passage for a lot of application. We get a lot of sermons that, that go on about this passage of Jesus walking on water. Essentially how, right, the big application, we need to be like, unlike Peter, being afraid, we need to lean on the Lord. Yeah, Look I... Look to Jesus I when we are afraid. that this little section here... Um, so one of the things that I thought was interesting here is that the first initial reaction of the disciples was, oh, it's a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> like That goes back to Herod and his superstition. So I thought... They're thinking the same thing with Jesus. I thought, well... But why would Jesus be a ghost? He's still alive. Well, no, but like they didn't think he was Jesus, though. Yeah. I, they were so afraid that they just assumed a ghost was, you know, because what could walk on, a person can't walk on water. Right. So logically in their mind, they went to, okay, what can walk on water? Yeah. Right? Um, but what I, I just, I guess I don't, the ghost thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, I don't believe in ghosts, you know? Um so I just thought that was interesting that their initial reaction was yeah. ghost. <laughs> and I love that Jesus immediately spoke to them, right? He didn't want them to like simmer in their fear. right? Um, so that was nice too. Like, I, I don't think Jesus wants us to, you know, sit in fear like that. He, he doesn't want us to be afraid. There's so many verses that say, do not be afraid, right? So I liked that too. Yes, and then you have here at the end of this section, the end of verse 33, this is the first statement of the disciples saying, truly you are the Son of God. This is a statement that's already been acknowledged by the demons in Matthew 4, verse 3, 6, and then in chapter 8, verse 29. Right. The demons have acknowledged it. Now we see the disciples 
acknowledging it as well, that Jesus is the Son of God. The key application to this section being that Jesus is the one that can protect and empower the disciples. Yes, I'm going to jump back to verse 31. Yeah. Where he says, oh, you little faith, why did you doubt? And so what I thought was interesting to note here is that doubt and fear live together. Yeah. Um, they do. So, sorry, I didn't mean to jump back. No, you're fine. But that was my last little tidbit of that. There you go. Um, and then 33, you said, so for me, before they got to the truly are the son of God, you can see that in the boat they worshiped him. Mm -hmm. So just this little phrase of truly you are the son of God is a form of worship to God. Um, And I liked that also. Um, You just jumped ahead of me, that's all. (laughs) There it is. So I also wanted to note too, like worship is not a place that you go to. No, it's not. They're in a boat. Right. It's a heart thing. Yep. So just because you go to church and you worship there, that doesn't mean you, you're in worship when you're there. Right. Because if your heart isn't in the worship, you're not really worshiping the Lord. Um, and so even on a boat after a windstorm, so even in your circumstances, they can be crazy. Yep. Um, but if your heart is, you know, in it, then you're worshiping the Lord. I just liked that and thought that was... An interesting thing. Yeah. So, and then wrapping up the shorter chapter of today, uh, verses thirty-four through thirty-six. Ganeer shirt. I'm not. I'm probably saying that wrong. Ganeer shirt. It's in. That's yeah, an where, area. Where are you? Oh. That's where um, they go. Oh yeah, I would have said Geneseret. Geneseret. So who knows which? Oh, whatever. <laughs> um, this area is in the northwest area of the Sea of Galilee. So they're up there and the point here is that Jesus is healing others based on faith, right? Yeah. Verse 36. This was this is cool though because it talks about them only touching the hem of yep. his garment. That is faith by example. Yes. Um, and it's because they believed that his power was that great. Yep. He is that great that just his garments could heal them. I thought that was really cool. And it reminded me of the woman with the blood disorder um, and how she was just like, if I could just touch the hem of his clothes, that would be enough. It would be enough to heal her. And it was, and he knew because the power, he could feel the power go out of him. So I just thought that was um, neat too. It is. So that's all I had. I'm sorry. No, you're good. That's all I had as well. This chapter wraps up with faith by example. Yeah. Really and cool chapter. It is. And it just continues showing the point that now Jesus is only doing miracles for those who pronounce faith in him. The people of Gennesaret <laughs> um, are have professed faith in him and are showing that faith by just hey if we touch the hem of his garment, that's enough. Yeah. So that's that's it. That's chapter fourteen, a little bit shorter one today. Um, we'll catch you in the next video for chapter 15. 15. All right, see ya. Bye.